for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, I am so excited about our guest today. I want to welcome John Drury to the show, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. I'm just so excited. Now, John has an extensive resume. He's an author, and we're going to talk about one of his books today, so I just want to mention he has another book called Boo Pilot, because after flying a C-74 Caribou, to, he, he flew that C-118 hospital ship. I'm speaking all this military jargon because I, I know some of my listeners will follow it. From Clark Air Force Base to Philippines, he was offered a regular commission, but he felt the call to Christian work, and he pastored for over 40 years. He retired with his wife, Beverly, to Vancouver, Washington, and they mentor international pilots and try to keep up with at least five grandchildren. So we're going to talk about a different book, but if you want to know more about John, there's some actor named with the same name. So go to Amazon.com, and you can find his books there. He's the author. And I first met you, John, because I, I just have to tell people so they'll know how cool you are. He is well-known on the West Coast, especially among anybody that is anybody else that's trying to author a book or has authored. He's He's like a mentor to so many other authors. He's even been president of the West Coast. You may have to help me with the name. But I, I met him at Mount Hermon, and I just accidentally, without realizing it, invited me to myself to sit at his table, not realizing there were people waiting in line to sit at that table with him. <laughs> but God, God does that with me sometimes. I just stumble into these great relationships. So I'm very, very honored to have you on the show today, John. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, that was the Christian Writer Seminar that I did for 21 years, and now it's West Coast Christian Writers under Susie Flory. Well, I'm just, I was just so taken as I, like I said, I just happened to sit with you, and as I began to mm. notice the interaction with all the other people at the table that were from the West Coast, and here I am, this Texas gal who just kind of stumbled into that lucky situation, I began to understand as they talked to you, the questions they had for you, what a wealth of information you have. And I'm I'm prefacing this segment that we're going to do today where you tell us your story because I really want my listeners to understand 
how revered you are among your peers and those coming up after you among Christian circles on the West Coast. What is interesting to me in the book that we're going to be talking about today, which I loved, Lord, I Feel So Small by John Drury. That is a great book you wrote for men. And here you are, this very successful man. And yet in your book, one of your titles you gave yourself is, I love this, by the way, Self-Crowned King of Failure. I mean, there could be nothing more ironic because you're such a successful man. So I'm eager for you to tell our listeners how you got to that place. And then hopefully before this show's over, you'll give us a lot of wisdom on what wives can do. Because so many of my listeners are, I have, I have men. I mean, I'm surprised God's giving me men to listen to these shows. If you can believe that, a girl. Mm-hmm. But, um, but most of, I always think my my listeners are female, you know. But it, that's actually not all true. But I want to talk to both men, husbands, and wives today. Mm-hmm. So tell me your story. I know you began with the death of a beloved friend. Well, that that was part of it. Greg's Greg's loss certainly was one that caused me to evaluate that. He was a friend of our family. Uh, he was the life of the party, uh, worked for a wonderful Christian university, and yet he drove his car onto a railroad track in San Diego and took mm. his own life. Mm. And we were all just mystified. We, we couldn't understand why until his parents, you know, we were also close to his family. His parents mm-hmm. let me read some of his diaries. And basically what it said was, what a failure I am. Oh. Uh, some of his statements from his diaries where I'm unwanted. Mm. I'm lonely now. I will never be able to keep a job. Lord, help me. Mm. And this feeling of, of smallness was what I lived in daily, and I battled it. I, I lived under a dark cloud. Sometimes mm. I thought of it as a, a dark tunnel, and there was no light of day. There was no trees or birds or sunshine. Sometimes I thought of it as a, as a slimy pit, something that once you got in hard to climb out. So that was the feeling of, I call it smallness, that feeling of smallness, being demeaned, shamed, inadequate, uh, not having the credentials of everybody else. So that was that dark cloud I lived under. Well, you know, I just had a friend on recently who talked to us about mental health issues, Doug McSwain. Mm. And I want to mention that because if anybody else is listening and they are feeling like your friend Greg felt that they're at a place where they would take their own life. I really want them to hear what Doug has to say. Uh, or if anybody has experienced suicide in their family, um, yeah. I want them to go to those podcasts and listen to Doug McSwain and Marcy McSwain talk about how suicide affects families. So I know one of the things that you did, and I want to I want to talk about that a little bit, is when you realized that you were reading a mirror of some of the the very same kind of thoughts that were permeating your thinking, you did something really unusual. You began to write those down so you could look at them. Yes, there were there there were a couple of, of turning points for me. At one point, I was visiting some friends of mine, and I coming out of their driveway. Since this was swirling around in my mind this maelstrom of you're a failure, you're a loser, I decided to write down on a piece of paper all the things I thought. And they were thoughts like, you're nothing. You're a loser. Worse, you will always be a loser. You're not significant. You will never be. You're trash. Others may find your place, but you will never find yours. You're like a dust ball 
blowing around on the earth of no importance to anyone. Others may find their place, but you will never find yours. But what happened was when I read my comments, uh, they shocked me. And, and I realized these were not things that God said. These were things from my own emotions and what I thought. So that was one of the turning points was, was realizing what I thought really was not what God thought. I think it's so interesting that, um, well, first of all, I want to thank you for being so specific because I think oftentimes men don't, I I mean, Dave and I discovered this with our marriage. We were in this awful place in our marriage and we just thought it was Mm. us. We didn't realize that that was a common experience. And Mm. so if you, if you're isolated, if the enemy can get you alone and make you think that nobody else is as imperfect as you are. And which is how we felt. We felt we were broken and that there was something wrong with us and our marriage was unfixable. So I love it that you're being so specific because I think a lot of men may and their wives may re- recognize those patterns are there. The enemy will lie to anybody, you know? Yeah. So, so how did you begin? Like, how? tell us a little well, bit more. Th- there was another there was another turning point that happened and and little by little i began to realizing that these were all lies yes. they were lies i believed them deeply strongly they had this big hold on me but uh, they were all lies another turning point came came when i was just right at the bottom it was i went on a hiking trip in yosemite uh to try to get away to try to um recoup and uh it it just everything came together and I said, I, I just can't go on. It's just, it's just too bad. I, I, I was depleted emotionally, spiritually. I was at the end of my resources. But one of the turning points that happened then was someone had told me at a conference about a book called Search for Significance by mm-hmm. Robert McKee. And as they described the book and what it talked about, I said, I, that's what I need. That's what, I need the answers that that book provides. So when I got back from Yosemite, depleted, I can't go on, I grabbed that book and began digging into that book. I love it that you're, that you were so resourceful. That That's such a great option to try to do a little self-care by looking at other people's books. Of course, you and I both believe, really big believers in reading books. <laughs> yes. I like podcasts too now. I'm tell, I've, I mean, they've converted me. I really enjoy them now. I get on my bike and I listen to other people's wisdom. I, I'm a, actually, I guess, just a believer in finding wisdom from other people when I can. Well, um, I had another thought about all that. I, I, I love it that you, to me, what's most ironic about this is I personally know how successful you are. And I think anybody around you, like, did you find that people were really surprised when you began to be willing to talk about this? Well, that's a, <clears throat> a great comment. And it would seem, you know, being an Air Force pilot, having a successful career in the Air Force, and then being a pastor for those years, uh, it would seem that these things would not to be would not be true. But that's that's true of so many people around you. You do not know the battle that they are facing. At one point, um, and this was in pastoring when I had opposition in my uh, in my church, um, my pain level was so high. If you know what I'm talking about, my yes. emotional pain level was so high. To take my own life would have been easy because mm. the, the pain level was so excruciating. It was far beyond the point of taking one's own life. And I think sometimes 
when we run into a family that's experienced a suicide, we don't understand the kind of pain level that some mm-hmm. people are in. It, it can be excruciating. So, well, you know, I certainly understand that. Boy, I hate to go to break, but we must because we really owe it to our wonderful sponsor, Home Instead. I want to mention I did some episodes on suicide, and you can find those at kathycraffy.com, K-R-A-F-V-E.com. And you can also find more from our guest at his website, johndrury.com. When we come back, we're, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to still be talking to John about some of the things that helped him understand how important significance is for men. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. here with Mary Ottman and I asked her to tell you about Water to Thrive. Water to Thrive builds wells and changes lives for people living in rural villages in Africa. Waterborne illnesses have killed more people than all of the armed conflicts combined since World War II. In fact, 5,000 children under the age of five die each day from waterborne diseases. Since 2008, Water to Thrive has built 750 wells, benefiting 400,000 people. You can make a difference by donating at www.watertothrive.org. Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Each week, join Coach Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how. Stop. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu? Whenever. It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. 
Welcome back. We're talking to John Drury, and some of the best conversations on these podcasts happen during the breaks. He was just sharing with me about how his parents' uh, bickering contributed to his feeling of insecurity. So, John, would you mind sharing that? I, I just know there's some women listening, that, and men too, that need to kind of factor this into the way they, they have their family dynamic. Well, thank you. And I began diagnosing areas of, of lies that were part of this mindset, this dark cloud that dominated me. And I discovered that one of those issues was, was grief, that I had a load of grief that was deep down that I couldn't track down. But I connected to a book called Grief Recovery Handbook. And as I tracked back to my grief, I discovered that mom and dad fighting when I was uh, a child traumatized me. And, and so when I heard mom and dad fighting, I, I, no one had told me parents fight, uh, th- this is normal. To me, it, it was traumatic. Uh, my security hung by a thread. I had one brother and two sisters, and so I said, what's going to happen to us tomorrow morning? It seemed to me that our whole family would explode like a nuclear blast, and I didn't know which direction anybody would go. Because I, I didn't know how to evaluate this. Where will we go? Where will my brother go? My brother was 10 years younger than I was. Mm. He slept in the same bedroom. Where will my sisters go? Um, I was not equipped to just blow it off and say, parents fight, well, whatever. Uh, to me, it was just uh, my, my security hung by a thread. I really think that's important when we... Cause I know you're a pa- you've spent 40 years as a pastor. This is not limited to families... I mean, you're talking about Christian families here, not just all families. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom, my my dad, I think, knew the Lord, but he was not the same committed believer that my mother was. Okay. Well, so basically, to summarize what you're telling us is, and I, I see this with men all the time, and, and I'll say, I had another dear friend on recently who... In fact, I haven't aired his shows yet. They're coming up. Uh, Tony Johnson came on and talked about mentoring. And he made a really great point that the the young men that need mentoring are not from one specific ethnic background. It's from all walks of life, all economic, socioeconomic groups. It's not just certain stereotypes. And I love that. And I, I think that's one thing I'm hearing you say is, here you are, this tremendously successful person, and all around you there are men that are suffering the same way. And as you begin to tell your story, you find there. So, would you agree with him? Oh, Is, yeah. I, and I, you know, and of course, I, I said that one of my feelings was I was a piece of garbage. I was trash. I was wow. worth nothing. But one story that happened was when I was in college, um, a crusade director uh, said. John, why don't you come down to San Jose and spend some time with me and, and go mm. with me on my appointments? That that was huge. One person on the planet felt that I was worth something. He wow. was going to spend time with me. He was going to give himself to me. And I've discovered for men that s- sometimes they've never really felt that they're a person of value. And sometimes the mentoring relationship can add that, that love, that value. It can... Turn a guy's life around. One guy in one of my groups, you know, he kind of spent his life in pot, and uh, 
had a poor view of himself and had a, had a life that was a, a piece of work. And uh, I spent time with him, and it changed his whole life, and he became the host of the Bible study. Wow, because he was self-medicating. I mean, I, I did That's that right. myself as a young person, and so I know what that looks like. Not the pot, but I just self-medicated with alcohol. And then as I began to grow in my faith, it, I, I found that was just, you know, it's counterproductive. It wasn't helping me. So uh, you find you don't need those self-medications once you understand God has a purpose for your life. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And and guys spending time with guys. And, you know, when I think of wives and what they're praying for for their husbands, um, yeah. praying for another guy to come alongside to give him that sense of value and that there is somebody on the planet that cares whether he lives or dies. I love that. That's so dear. I mean, that's so simple, too. And I think sometimes we get the idea that mentoring has to happen like I, I call it, you have to adopt the kid. But actually, you can. I mean, I remember one counselor told us we had to reparent ourselves and each other. And in many ways, that was true. There were things we had picked up along the way that just weren't working for us at all. And we just had to reparent those things in our own hearts. But you can do that. Like, tell me what it looks like in your life to have men in your life. Well, it's a it's a treasure. You know, I just met with two guys this morning, and uh, one of them I've known from the military when we were over in the Philippines together. The other is a pilot oh. in Alaska Airlines. You know, a successful captain, but, you know, has his own trials in his life. But for guys to meet together it is one of the most powerful things you can experience. Um, you know, I come from the point where I was basically a friendless person. Mm. Uh, one time, as a pastor... I came home, and my wife said, her words were, do you realize you don't have any friends? Mm. And what she meant was, do you realize you don't have any male friends? Mm. That made me so angry. I was burned. I ran into the back of the house. I was furious. But then I came to the conclusion that she's right. Mm. I had put up barriers because I thought I was a person of such low worth. I was such a piece of trash. How would I be worthy of a friendship with another guy or other guys? Uh, how, and, and so then the Lord sent me to the woodshed, and I began studying friendships in Scripture. So that, that's part I of wanna, the way that I felt it. I'm just going to put an unabashed plug for your book in here. Chapter 18 on friendships meant so much to me. I'm an extrovert. My beautiful, beloved husband is an introvert. So we have gone round and round on this, you know. But I love the way you speak to men in this book. Like, I read this out loud to my husband, and he he loves it, too. What, what I loved is the way you called it the adventure of friendships. I mean, for men, that is really what it is. It's a little scary. It's like... Jumping off a cliff oh, with oh, a bungee horrible. cord. Yeah. Yes, and when I finally yielded and said, Lord, you know, I've, okay, I've learned from Christ in the 12, I've learned from David and Jonathan, I've learned from Elijah and Elisha, and, and now I'm ready. It, it was like I was going to die. I remember walking into a gym, opening the door, and I thought, this is the end of my life. And I went into Jack, who was working out at the machines. He was a Christian leader that I recognized and appreciated. Yes. And I said, hi, Jack. How are you? Now, he would not have realized till he later read the book what a death that was, a death to my old self, my old friendless self that put the barriers out. And, of course, see, I could seem I'm adequate. I can handle anything. I don't need anybody. But it's yeah. all a show. It's all a, all a pretend. 
And I'm just laughing because, honestly, he was probably doing the same thing. Now, I want my listeners to understand, that story he just told is on page 182. I was just getting ready to quote you from that. I've, I've highlighted it. I've got it. I'm going to read it out loud. Here's what he wrote in his book about that story, the part of that story that he just told. He told a lot more detail in this book. Without verbalizing it, I quietly let down the, the barriers, received him, and offered myself. Slowly, I realized that he had long before received me. It took a few days to evaluate what was happening. All I knew was, and this is in quotes, wow, I'm still alive. This was a whole new world for me. Wait a minute. This is fun. I highlighted that. I laughed so hard when I read that. <laughs> But I, I think, Kathy, that some of us getting over the barriers and humps that we've got in our lives, it's like a death. We have to open ourselves up to some new thing that God's bringing in our lives because it was like a death to me. I love that. I, I just appreciate i got to tell you, John, when I first met you, I was kind of in awe of you. I could see that all around you people were kind of clamoring for your attention. And then I had already seen the cover of your book in the bookstore. I already had seen the title, which is Lord, I Feel So Small by John Drury. And I thought, I kind of want that book. I kind of want to take it home and read it for myself and also read it out loud to my husband because I knew it was written for men. I could tell by the cover. And I thought, that's a book we both could really enjoy together, which seems funny, but it's true. He, my husband doesn't like to read much. We think we're both dyslexic, and so I often read books out loud to him, and we just enjoy it together, especially at the beach. So it was one of those books, for us, a beach book. And I wasn't disappointed. I have just loved every page of it. I, I, you know, I called you eager to get you on the show because I felt that your message was going to be. But that's where I was going. I, I wanted to say thank you for being so real and honest and letting barriers down in a more public way. That just really means a lot. Well, thank you. And, of course, friendship was only one of the, you know, it's almost 20 things that I had to solve, things like uh, grief, fear, despair. It was only one of the things I had so many, I was so messed up. I had so many things, so many lies to solve. But little by little as I solved them, uh, then, you know, I began coming up with the answers and, and my way of life changed. Well, we've got about two minutes and we have to close this podcast, but I, I want to get you back and we're going to talk about all the things you've learned. And you're right. There's so much in this book. It'll, we'll, we'll do another show if you'll do this. Will you do this with me? Another show? Oh, absolutely. And we'll talk about some of those feelings. As I go to as I go to the end of this program, I want to say I want to ask you one quick thing. It besides Amazon.com, which I found your book very easily on Amazon.com. I feel so small, John Drury, Amazon.com, inexpensive, well worth the money. Um, you can have it in like two days or less. So uh, besides that, do you have a website or someplace where people can find sure. you? It's very simple, JohnDrury.com, all small letters, John J O N. D-R-U-R-Y dot com. Yeah, you'll hit my website. On the front cover of it, it'll promote my new book, uh, Boo Pilot, which was yeah. developing in Vietnam. And then, uh, of course, Barnes & Noble carries it. Okay, so I'm going to say, if you're looking for ways to start a conversation, I'm going to talk to my listeners, if you're looking for a way to start a conversational adventure on how men can feel insignificant, this is the book. And I want to thank John for being here today and Thank Home Instead for making this episode possible. And I want to say, if you need any more information about our sponsors or would like to suggest a topic for upcoming episodes, I hope you'll contact me at Kathy Crafty, that's C-A-T-H-Y, 
K-R-A, F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E as in Echo.com. Thank you for joining us on Fireside Talk Radio, where we ponder all the tried and true stuff women store in their hearts. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. Thank you for joining us today, where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in peace.